Welcome back to Cause Talk Radio, another true story from True Story FM. I'm your host, Megan Strand with Engage for Good. You can find full show notes and additional resources for today's episode at engageforgood.com. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Cause Talk Radio. I'm Megan Strand, Communications Director at Engage for Good, and I'm here with the fabulous Allie Murphy, Marketing Engagement Manager, also at Engage for Good. Hey, Allie. Hey, Megan. It's It's been a little while. It has been a minute. It's so great to have you back on the podcast. Thank you for being here. And I think you are going to enjoy today's episode. Oh, yeah? Why is that? I don't know if you feel this way, but, you know, we're... I don't want to say... Well, I guess I'm going to go ahead and say it. I feel like we're sort of coming out of the pandemic. I've had one little vaccine. You're getting your vaccine coming up. But mm-hmm. it's it's what's been really interesting to me is just how much soul-searching companies have had to do over the past year. Just reflecting back. Um, and I think there's just been a little bit of a reckoning on a lot of different levels. I see these companies like stopping for a second and saying like... Okay, Taking a breath. Taking a breath, like being more intentional about what they want to do and how they can. Right. Like, are we Mm -hmm. making the impact we want to make? I guess maybe that's what it comes down to. And maybe in the right areas. Are our priorities aligned with what they need to be aligned with? Mm -hmm. Are our programs and initiatives making the impact that we want them to make versus just like creating outputs? You know, it's this whole philanthropy conversation about outputs versus outcomes like are they creating real outcomes is that yep. just me no i think i think you're totally right and i i was thinking about it earlier and it's like a lot of us when we went into lockdown originally we're doing a lot of soul searching internally of like how do i want to use this time what do i want yes. to learn how do i want to come out different and i feel like that's the personal side well i now speak seven languages i don't know about you but i've i've been very oh, busy yeah? well, that's news <laughs> to me but i feel like businesses have had to do that same thing and we've talked about them being more intentional, et cetera, but also figuring out how they want to share their messaging with the world, but make sure that they're putting their money where their mouth is. Yes. And I think today's episode is a terrific example of that. We are going to talk to Jeff Senny, who has a very cool title. His title is <laughs> Responsible Business Leader at PwC. So we're going to talk to Jeff about what I think is a great example of, you know, kind of a new and improved iteration of a program. Not even going to tell you anything more about it. We're just going to bring Jeff on, shall we? Let's get started. Well, hello, Jeff, and welcome to Cause Talk Radio. Hi there. Thanks for having me. We are so excited to have you here today. Your day job is one of the most unique titles I've ever heard, responsible business leader. Tell us what that is at PwC and what your role there is. Yeah. Well, first, thanks for having me. Great to see you, Megan and Allie. Uh, delighted to be here today. So I am the responsible business leader for PwC. I've been at the firm for about 10 years. Before that, I came way of Sodexo, uh, a uh, food service and facilities management company. I was at the African Development Bank uh, and the United Nations, always in this kind of corporate responsibility space, the kind of evolving role of business in society. And so that's what responsible business leadership really is. It's about what is our role in society? What are the unique assets and abilities and opportunities and responsibilities of PwC in the community? And it's really based on the understanding that businesses can't thrive where communities are not. Uh, so where, how can we leverage our purpose to build uh, trust in society and solve important problems? How can we leverage that to look into the communities and figure out 
what problems can we focus on and solve that drive business value and societal value? So speaking about leveraging your purpose, PWC recently announced a $125 million commitment to support a more equitable future for, if I'm remembering correctly, 25,000 Black and Latinx college students as part of Access Your Potential. What is this initiative all about? Yeah, great question. We're super excited about this. So um, Access Your Potential is the kind of next-gen commitment that we're making to support 25,000 Black and Latinx students in gaining the skills uh, to make themselves ultra-competitive in the marketplace, uh, support them through mentorship, and ultimately provide them a platform that they can advertise themselves to gain the careers that they want. Uh, and, and the idea here is that we aspire to, to, to hire 10,000 of these students um, ourselves. So it's not only, as I said earlier, it, it's not only a societal benefit, it's a business benefit and trying to find that win-win. Okay, I have so many questions about this. This sounds like a phenomenal program. I'm going to ask two. Allie, sorry, I have two questions. Um, Can you talk a little bit about the genesis of this program? How did this all come about? Is this your baby? Is this like, how did this all happen? Is is this new? Is it a pivot? Uh, It's a pivot and and it's new. (laughs) A little bit of all. Um, We have been leveraging the skills of our staff and our unique assets for at least a dozen years for underserved communities. It started with the kind of post-subprime era, 2007, 2008, where we were focused on financial literacy. We were trying to help students understand uh, what to do with their money, how to save money, um, compound interest, entrepreneurship, all of these kinds of ideas, and primarily in K through 12 space. And then uh, we did that for about five years. We continue having that foundation, but we realized it's not just about what you do with your money. It's how you make your money, especially in underserved communities. And mm-hmm. are we giving <clears throat> students in those communities everything that they need to kind of bridge that opportunity gap, that divide? Um, sadly, we see all too often in America that your zip code defines your, the outcomes. And what I like to say is, you know, your zip should mean zip. Um, but it doesn't. <laughs> Catchy. Uh, yeah. Uh, and so we've been investing in those communities a couple of years or five years ago or so. We said, let's focus on skills uh, on top of our financial literacy curriculum. So specifically digital skills, but also leadership skills. And now we're saying, let's take that program. Let's um, turn it around. Let's twist it. And let's bring it into historically black colleges and universities, Hispanic serving institutions, community colleges in support of Black and Latinx students, because we know that they have a harder time entering the workforce and earning competitive wages post-graduation. So we want to be part of the solution to that challenge. Um, I have so many things to say about this. I'm going to ask one question, then I'm going to let Allie talk because I don't want to monopolize this conversation, but this is fascinating to me. One of the things you said that caught my attention was you said you're going to give people an opportunity to advertise themselves. What does that mean? Yeah, so we're, we're building a platform where we we uh, and working with partners that we hope that we can help diverse students go onto this platform to get the careers uh, that they want and to differentiate themselves through the skills that they will develop through this program and other programs. Let you know, I'm I'm proud of PwC's uh, investment in this area and the achievements that I'm sure we will make. But there are many digital upskilling tools out there available to these students, and we want them to avail them of whatever makes the most sense of it. For, for them, also the mentorship 
uh, opportunities that PwC and our partners will will offer. But any any of the other things that are happening in this space, this is quickly becoming a very crowded space. We've been working in this space for for quite some time uh, and might have half a step uh, on everybody else. But the the point is is that you know I I think of it as a kind of it takes a village approach. Um, and in many ways, we want to have access to the best and brightest. This is part of our talent uh, strategy. But it's also about the rising tide raises all boats. We, we know in the United States that sadly we have uh, far too long of a history of systemic racism. And that trickles down into our educational systems and outcomes. And we want to be part of the solution to that. As a human capital firm, a firm that daily trains our 55,000 staff here in the United States and 250,000 around the world. We have unique learning and development skills and assets that we can leverage to help these students, as well as as many, many PWCers like themselves who have figured a way across that opportunity gap and can help mentor them on their journey. This is fascinating. I feel like there's so much to digest. I love that Megan asked one of the questions that I had. So I'm going to give you a different one. (laughs) So I'm guessing that this is a pretty cross-functional program. You've taken a cross-functional approach here. Can you speak to that? What did it look like in building this initiative? That's a great question. So, you know, in the past, our responsible business leadership um, programs have been, you know, multi-point. We've we've gone and we've worked with another group within the company or a series of nonprofits or external actors. But this one has been by far the most matrix, the most mm-hmm. interconnected. Uh, as I mentioned in, in my previous response, learning and development. We've brought our learning and development team in from the start to help us craft the curriculum. And we've got digital curriculum and leadership curriculum uh, because we recognize, you know, some might call that hard skills and soft skills. But what we're trying to do is build the full suite of skills or, or uh, um, provide the full suite of skills for these students to fill any gaps they might have or any areas that they might feel um, that they need some practice on. Um, And one of the goals we have, too, is to provide them some experiential learning in addition to this kind of online learning platform or in-person. Hopefully, post-COVID, we'll we'll all be able to get back in person and we'll be able to provide some of this curriculum in person. Um, But we've also used our experience center, who are design thinking specialists, to go out and engage students in these spaces to help make sure that we're building something that solves a need, that this doesn't just be something that we kind of build in an ivory tower that doesn't really fit a unique need. Um, Also looking at our communications, how do we reach out to these students in a way that's kind of endemic to them or natural or organic to them um, and meets them where they are. So looking at different platforms for that. It is by far the most complex, um, and interconnected that we've ever done. But I think that also shows the maturation of the corporate responsibility or ESG space, which is kind of having its moment. This is becoming much more integrated into the thinking across PwC. And in, as we talk to other clients and companies in the space, uh, they're seeing the same kind of interconnections between corporate responsibility, diversity and inclusion, learning and development, and ultimately business strategy. I think that's such an important point. Thank you for making that, Jeff. You know, you were talking about how it's more nuanced and more matrix and more complex, but it sort of has to be if it's going to have that impact. Mm -hmm. I heard somebody say yesterday, um, she worked for a company and she said, for too long, we've been chasing 
symptoms and we need to be tackling systems. And I was like, I'm stealing that. I told her right out. I said, I'm stealing that and I'm going to be using that all over the place because it's so true. It just, to your point, Jeff, that really speaks to the maturation, I think, of CSR as a space. Um, Financial literacy programs, I've seen many, many, many of them over the past 10 years. Um, I'm not familiar with PwC's financial literacy programs. I think that's a tricky one. You know, you're, you're trying to figure out, like, how to tell people how to balance their checkbooks and things like that. Like, it's it's an interesting and needed skill, but this goes so much deeper because you're talking about, to your point originally, you're talking about helping people create income and wealth. And that's so important. And I love, too, that you're also targeting people at community college because that's a whole other demographic. You know, not everybody gets to a four-year institution. It doesn't mean they're not talented or skilled. It just means that they may not have the access. So I love that you've included that as well. Um, Where are you in the process of rolling this out? Is it out there? Is it in process? Where are we here? In process. We just publicly launched it last week. Um, We're building out the different platforms. So the way that we've kind of um, split this apart is, is there's an engaged platform that speaks to how do we get to the students, talk to them about this program, show them the benefits, what's in it for them. Uh-huh. Uh, and so that's in that engaged space. Then we've got the upskilling space, uh, and that's around the digital and leadership skills. We've got the mentor space, and that's providing them kind of, you know, very quick hit. I've got a quick question. Uh, and you know, how do I get that answer to much deeper level of mentorship? And then ultimately the careers platform that we talked about. So this will start to come to life over the summer and start getting out onto campus late summer, early fall. And we'll, as pieces kind of continue to evolve and develop, we'll get them into those. And, and we see this as a very iterative process that we will come up with, um, you know, parts of this solution, but then we'll work with students and educators on these campuses to understand, you know, what are their gaps are there and how does this fit? As I loved how you said this systems, because it is a systems problem. And PwC, you know, I'm proud of the role that we can play in um, addressing pieces of this, but it's huge. Educational systems, uh, you know, transportation systems and access to internet and you know, the digital divide, all of these pieces prevent opportunities or barriers for, for students. And we're not going to be able to solve all of those. So we need to work with students to understand their unique challenges and help them find solutions to whatever those challenges are on the way to get to the pieces that we can offer. So we recognize we work within an ecosystem or a system and, and need to understand that system better and, and align to it. So we'll continue to, to develop this over the fall and over the next five years. That's awesome. And I love how you're talking about, I think you've said it a couple different times, the importance of meeting these students where they are. And they're all in different spaces and coming from our own offices and saying, oh, this would work for a student is different than really understanding what their needs are and where they're headed. And you're talking about rolling out this program did you have existing relationships with these colleges, community college, et cetera, before you announced the program? If not, how did you pick your partners? What did that process look like? We do. We've got a bunch of longstanding relationships in this space. Um, for example, we now recruit on 37 historically Black colleges and universities, um, and we tripled our hires from those, past, from the, from those uh, spaces in the past five years. As you said, Megan, you know, community colleges is an area 
that many companies like ourselves just haven't recruited from as actively in this in, in the past. And so that's an area that's new to us. We'll create um, new relationships and new partnerships in that space. So we're excited about that. Uh, so I think it's a mix of both. Uh, and we'll kind of see where this adventure takes us. And I'm I'm confident that five years from now, we'll be doing an iteration of this as well. This is now our kind of third spin at this. Um, and it continues to leverage our skills and interests in, in this kind of community and diversity and inclusion space and how those come together. Uh, and as we realize, we'll look too, even within these universities, some are very well, you know, they, they have a strong income stream. Others are much smaller and have different challenges. So even we like to think of, you know, when we say historically black colleges and community colleges as if they're homogenous, they really aren't. Right. Mm -hmm. it, right. You know, and so what we need to go in is understand the unique challenges of each one and how our how our solution can help uh, solve a problem they, they may have. I'm just going to go out on a limb here and say probably some of those HBCUs are inundated right now with requests from companies who are like, HBC, you know? So no that's such a great point. That's no such a great point. Um, you mentioned earlier, Jeff, that PwC is making a commitment to hire 10,000 of these students, um, I'm assuming, from this program. Could you speak a little bit more to that? I think it's just an impressive kind of put-your-money-where-your-mouth-is uh, sort of commitment. Yeah, this connects up to our aspiration to see 35% Black and Latinx re representation in our experienced hires, our entry-level hires, and our interns. So this is our feeder group for ultimately our population of staff and ultimately our partners over time. You know, we aspire to raise that. And as part of that goal, uh, we have, or that aspiration, we have an aspiration to bring in 10,000 Black and Latinx students uh, through this program. So again, this is a connection where responsible business leadership can meet a societal goal as well as a business goal mm -hmm. and find that win-win. If I understand, the university component isn't the only educational level you're trying to target with this program. I know you've talked about financial literacy K through 12. What else are you doing in that space or maybe teacher resources that you're employing? We will continue our K through 12 program. Uh, many of our staff get very excited. It's a very different emotional connection to uh, primary and secondary students than higher education mm -hmm. students. It's a different experience. Some people get excited by the kind of um, intellectual challenge of working on at higher ed and the, the questions that come out of them, the unique challenges that higher ed students face. Um, they're, they're closer to that group uh, and have an affinity they got. Some people just, you know, can't get over, um, you know, get so excited about working with, you know, fifth graders. Um, and we want to, you know, afford that opportunity to our staff because we recognize that while we're focused across the stream, we recognize different people will want to come in at different spots. And we recognize that some of these students need help just to reach the historically black colleges and universities, the community colleges. They need support early on. They might lack mentorship. They might lack role models in their community. They might Their schools might not have the solutions. And so We've worked with teachers for the last 10 years, first on financial literacy and now on digital skills to help them. We've done a lot of resource, research that many K through 12 teachers just don't have, don't feel adequately prepared to deliver some of these tools, especially as the, in the digital space, as those tools continue to evolve so quickly. Um, and that's really a lot of this is about 
creating a sense of a learning journey for these students that is going to continue because digital skills is not something that you just learn and then, you, you know, kind of switches off and you've got it. The, the tools in the space continue to evolve so quickly as we see every day, there's a new platform, a change in a platform, a new, a new technology or tool available to us. So we need to get these students and ourselves. This stems from our need as a company to continue to evolve our workforce. Um, I know I, I continue to uh, earn <clears throat> our digital literacy and acumen badges. Um, and it's a challenge for me to keep up. I'm uh, I'm the definition of an old dog in this space. Uh, so, uh, um, <laughs> Do you have like a sash that has all of your digital badges on it, like a Boy Scout or a Girl Scout? I I don't because they they don't last so long. It, you know, this is the, <laughs> this is the thing you've always got. You just completed back. it. Now it's expired. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> you, you know, they, I think they're two years, um, and then you're back at it again. So. You kind of have to, you can't think of it as, you know, I've done this, but like I'm yeah, on this check. journey. Yeah, that's such an excellent point. And I mean, not like teachers have anything else to do, but keep up with digital strategy um, outside of their, you know, ridiculously taxing and overwhelming job to begin with. So, Jeff, um, while we have you, I just have to ask this question. Can you speak a little bit about how this entire initiative sort of ladders up into business schools at PwC? Um, you've already talked about hiring commitments, the 35% BIPOC hiring goal that you have. Um, I know PwC, we didn't even really touch on this, but you've sort of talked a little bit about it. Um, I know PwC has a huge focus on employee engagement. Uh, can you just speak to how kind of this all ladders up to business objectives? Yeah, there's lots of societal value that comes out of this. Um, there's lots of value that can come in relationships we can build in the community. Our employees, there's good research that shows, you know, employees that engage in these kinds of activities stay longer at companies, they feel more engaged in those companies, and they perform better. Um, so all of those, uh, are true. I think it's also in support of our broadest goals to, you know, have a more diverse tech skilled workforce. Uh, so this connects a lot of those as, you know, it's not only focused on the students that we're helping, but I'm a, I'm a believer. You'll never know something as well as when you try to teach it. And if you get in front of people and you actually have to try to teach a skill, it, it requires a different level of knowledge, a different way of thinking about that knowledge that I think deepens it and enriches it. And I think that will serve us well as we continue to take these skills and work with our clients. So I see this as an expansion of our tech upskilling efforts um, for ourselves, our clients and our communities as our diversity efforts and then our employee engagement, client engagement and broader Goal. We we also this is connected to our work on net zero and climate carbon emissions because we see those issues as really social justice issues because sadly as the climate warms it's the the marginalized communities that are least able to adapt to that reality and so mm -hmm. we want to we see this as connected to that as well. So we've talked about the business side and how it rolls up to the business goals. I want to flip to the other direction and talk about kind of the personal side for you. Would you speak a little bit about the learnings that you've had along the way as it relates to this program? Have you had any big aha moments, moments of growth, anything that surprised you initially? What does that look like? Yeah, well, it, it just so happens. My brother is Black. He was adopted when I was one year old. I've been with him in my entire life. So I, I feel like I understand that in some way. I've had 
some of that in, in a diverse background in, in my life. But as I've gotten closer into the diversity and inclusion work, I've learned it's so identity-based. It's identity-based in a way that corporate citizenship, corporate responsibility really isn't. Um, and that has provided some amazing opportunities to connect with people. It's also provided challenging opportunities. And it's probably better for us as a society and a country if we can learn to communicate and, and bridge those, those gaps. So for me, this is, you know, this work has helped inform me on a multiple, you know, personal and professional levels. Thank you for sharing that, Jeff. Um, and when you crack that code, if you could come back on the podcast and you can like <laughs> just share that secret, that would be amazing because I 100% agree. I mean, where's our common, where's our shared humanity and how do we lift that up? Because everyone has a different perspective depending on where you live, what your background is, what your experiences are. So um, yes, I, I, such an important point and a great one to end on. So Jeff, thank you so, so much for joining Ali and I today. Can you tell our listeners where they can learn more about you and this fantastic program online if they'd like to do that? Absolutely. Um, you can learn about AYP at pwc.com forward slash US. Uh, forward slash AYP or on PWC social handles from LinkedIn, Twitter, and Facebook and Instagram. We will put all of that in the show notes, which you can find at engageforgood.com. Well, on behalf of Ellie and myself, we'd like to thank you so much for being here today, Jeff, and uh, thanks to our listeners for joining us. Thank you so much. Thank you.